Hello, everyone. This is Father Bill Nicholas, and this is Faith, Hope, and History. Greetings and welcome, everybody. It is Friday, February 25th, 2022. I welcome you, and I thank you for joining me in this podcast of Faith, Hope, and History. It was on this day in 1964 that boxer Cassius Clay defeated Sonny Liston, becoming the heavyweight champion of the world. We might know Cassius Clay by his later name, but he insisted upon Muhammad Ali, one of the greatest, if not perhaps the greatest, athletes to ever come out of this country. I remember growing up knowing who he was. I had a cousin, I believe, who idolized him when he was younger, and I'm sure when my cousin's son was born, Muhammad Ali was one of the first celebrities he introduced to his son. And it was on this day that he became the heavyweight champion of the world, and many of us know of his uh, very stellar career as an athlete. Initially, I was going to talk today about the Holy Scriptures and some aspects and stories of the Holy Scriptures and how they fit with regard to the history of Israel and history in general. We obviously don't see the scriptures as Catholics. We obviously don't see the scriptures as history the way we see it in the modern sense of here's what it says in the Bible, therefore this is what happened. But I wanted to discuss a little bit of the historicity and how those who wrote the Bible wrote their history in such a way as to instill faith and promote various lessons of faith for the people of Israel for whom they wrote these books and, of course, now for our benefit centuries later as we recognize them as inspired scriptures, inspired word of God. I had intended to speak about that, and I had made some preparations for a a good, good podcast on that subject, but the events in the last day between Russia and Ukraine, I think, are on everyone's mind, and I'd like to weigh in on just a few thoughts and I hope you'll be happy to know that I'm not going to go into this the way some of these pundits on the news have in terms of presenting their deep, deep insights as to what this means and what the future holds and how we should feel and what we should think and what they think is happening and what they think the enemy or the or the friend or or the Russians or the Ukraines are thinking with regard to this. I'm not going to get into that because I don't know it. I'm not sure they know it that well, but I certainly don't pretend to know it. I enjoy history. And I try and understand current events in terms of history, but that part of the world, I'm not as knowledgeable of history as others might be. But I want to speak of it in terms of what's also happening around the world, and that is the end of the pandemic, which perhaps this invasion by Russia is the ultimate indication that the pandemic is over because they don't seem to be concerned about it in going into Ukraine. And I don't think Ukraine is thinking about the pandemic right now either. They're thinking of defending their nation. But I know here in the United States and in other nations in Europe and around the world are beginning the process of demandating the population. And people are responding in different ways. I certainly have seen it here in San Francisco, in which the state of California, as of last week, no longer has the mandate to wear masks indoors. They still have the stipulation that you have to be vaccinated But the checking of the vaccination status is not as prominent as it used to be. And I know certainly here at the cathedral, 
Masks are recommended, but not mandatory here at St. Mary's Cathedral in San Francisco. And the archbishop in his letter to the parishes said that we are not going to check people's vaccination status. My guess is because he probably agrees that it is far too personal and is no one's business but theirs. But the point I would like to make is last Sunday, which was the first Sunday after the relaxation of the mandate, virtually everyone in the cathedral still wore a mask. And I speak of it in my homily from last Sunday, which you can see on my YouTube channel, FR, FR for Father, FR William Nicholas. That's the name of my YouTube channel and my homily from last Sunday, which addresses this and how the Catholic people could take better leadership now than they did when the pandemic first came out in moving on from the pandemic. Even though it might be uncomfortable for us to take that leadership and have that faith in an atmosphere of health. So check out my YouTube channel as I address that. But in the midst of us coming on the heels of the pandemic, we now have a war breaking out in Eastern Europe. And just as people thought so during the pandemic, no doubt there are those who are thinking so now that we are seeing pandemics, sicknesses. Now we are seeing wars. In this country, the United States, we've heard no end of references to insurrections, such as January 6th, 2021. So we hear these words being dropped constantly. Diseases and pandemics, plagues, wars and insurrections. And some have asked, is this not an indication that the end is near? You may not have heard much of it, but as a priest, I have to admit, I've had a few people ask me about it. All the signs are there. We have famines, we have pestilence, we have wars and insurrections, we have civil unrest, we have unsurety. Is this an indication that the end is here? Well, all I can say is, as a Catholic priest, in line with Catholic teaching, the answer to that question is, no, this is not indicating the end. Now, one might say, well, wait a minute, what does the Bible say? Jesus himself said these things would happen right before the end. To which I like to point out, in the Gospel of Matthew, which is one of three of the Gospels that Jesus speaks to us in what is called his eschatological discourse, his discourse on the end times, I will simply focus on Matthew's version of it, or a portion of Matthew's version of Jesus' end time discourse, and state very plainly what Jesus said. In chapter 24, verse 6, he says, You will hear of wars and reports of wars. Some of your Bibles might say, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for these things are bound to happen, but it is not the end. He goes on to say, Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes from place to place, from time to time. Then they will hand you over to persecution and they will kill you. You will be hated by nations because of my name. Then many will be led into sin. They will betray and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and deceive many. And because of the increase of evildoing, the love of many will grow cold. We certainly see a lot of that happening today. People have been terribly demoralized by the pandemic and the aggravation of it by our political leaders and our health officials. Many have listened more to the health officials than their own doctors who actually practice medicine. 
We are demoralized by wars and rumors of wars in Eastern Europe, potential for wars in the Middle East, and so on. We are demoralized by civil unrest in this country and a real feeling that things are coming apart, and we may have our socio-political reasons for thinking so. But the only thing Jesus gives us an assurance of is in verse 13 of Matthew chapter 24, the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. We're going to hear a lot of bad news, and a lot of bad things will happen. But we cannot lose hope. We cannot lose faith. We certainly cannot lose our heads. It's something I have been saying since the beginning of this pandemic. As everyone else is going into a frenzy and descending into panic, we have to keep our heads, as Christians and especially as Catholics. We have to stand out. We cannot let ourselves lose our heads because of what we hear about pestilence and disease and pandemics. We can't allow ourselves to lose a grip because of what we hear of civil unrest and insurrections in our country, calling things insurrections that may or may not be insurrections, but they use that word in order to whip people into a frenzy. And then, of course, hearing the news today from, from the eastern part of Europe with the invasion of Russia to Ukraine. They're already starting to talk about wars in the extreme. I won't repeat the terms that they use that I've already heard in the news. But media pundits who are comfortable in their offices and their studios don't seem to want to take responsibility for what they say. Politicians who are not a part of the foreign policy department of this country seem to be very cavalier with what they say. And we've got to take what they say for what it's worth with regard to the war happening in Eastern Europe. But perhaps one indication that I always look at and... and Maybe it's my having gotten the master's in business administration that gets me looking at this. I'm not a master of finance. I'm not an expert. I have a good friend of mine who takes care of that for me. But just looking at the markets, like our United States stock market, which today began very, very low. When I looked at it this morning, it was 600 points down. It began very, very low. But as the day went on, the numbers went up until... It ended today higher than it ended yesterday. That doesn't downplay the war and the effect it's having on people, the terrible effect it's having on families and children and the most vulnerable, who are always the ones hurt the most at times of war. But it did give me a certain perspective. Is the world panicking? And I certainly hope that what I saw, at least in the New York stock market, <laughs> is that no. Will we see a rise in prices and inflation? That's something else that people are very concerned about. Well, we hear rumors of it. We hear people predicting it. Let's wait and see. But above all, let us not lose our heads with regard to what's happening in Eastern Europe. Some people, thankfully, have turned off the news. They're tired of listening to it. There's nothing we can do about it. And so far, thank God, it is not affecting us in terms of our military involvement. But... As many did with the case of the pandemic, they aren't going to be worried until they have something to worry about. And for many people, that attitude 
and that upbeat optimism got them through the pandemic, and in some cases got them through without ever catching the disease. In this particular case, if the news isn't talking about the pandemic, they're going to be talking about the war in Eastern Europe. But if people are demoralized today, let's listen to the words of Jesus and hear it again when he says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but do not be alarmed. For these things are bound to happen, but it is not the end. In three places in the Gospel of Mark, in the same discourse of the end times, Jesus says, people will come saying, it's the end, or I am he, I have returned. And he says in no uncertain terms, don't listen to them. So we will have doomsayers who are bound and determined to whip us into a frenzy, demoralize us into a panic. And Jesus himself admonishes us, don't listen to them. Keep your cool, keep your head, maintain a grip. And take in the information as it comes in, sift through it as is necessary. But don't believe everything we hear in terms of the doomsaying that we hear so many people engaging in, whether it's over a pandemic, or whether it's over a war, or whether it's over insurrections, or whether it's over civil unrest. One thing I often say is, I, I don't mind the drama, but I can't stand the melodrama. And that is what we see added on to already very difficult situations. And that's a commentary I would like to give. That's my two cents I would like to give with regard to what's been happening in the Ukraine. And I apologize for uh, backing down on what I had planned to speak of this week, and I'll plan on doing it next week, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you find it stimulating. If anything, it gives me another week to prepare and perhaps uh, enhance it even more. But with the news being dominated nowadays by the crisis in Eastern Europe between Russia and the Ukraine, I thought it'd be good to talk about what is probably on people's minds and you know, give my two cents and my perspective. It's discouraging, yes, especially if it's not the pandemic, it's going to be this, and the news is never going to be uplifting or upbeat. Even when our economy was doing as well as it was just a couple of years ago, there were always those who were out there uh, panning the leadership of this country or the shallowness of the, of the strength of the economy. Who knows? They, they, they don't like making people feel good about a certain situation. And when they do feel good about something, then they want to tear them down at, on a personal level. Whether they're racist or bigots or they just hate children, they want to put people in danger, they don't care because they're not getting vaccinated or because they're not wearing a mask or because they don't agree with a foreign policy or a domestic policy of a particular political group or simply because they're not interested and people think that they should be interested. There are always going to be people who focus their commentary on putting people down and demoralizing their listeners and their viewers. In my case, as a priest, I want to give people at least that hope that Christ calls us to have so that we can stand out differently among the rest, that we can step forward and not lose our heads, not descend into a panic. But always remember to keep in our prayers the most vulnerable who are affected by what's happening in Eastern Europe the children, the elderly, the sick, the poor. Pray for the people of Ukraine. Pray for the people who are being made to fight this war on either side, whether they wish to or not. And pray for peace 
that ultimately a peaceful resolution can be made. Perhaps one little note of hope. I have an Instagram account. It's called Catholic Basics with Father Bill Nicholas. And it's interesting on the Instagram account that one of the options to view pictures or such is the search option. You just hit the you hit the magnifying glass there, and it gives you a series of pictures from various accounts, none of which you're really uh, subscribed to or following. Uh, I seem to get a lot of young athletes, young foreign athletes from Spain, from Brazil, from Russia, and they're you know teenagers to a certain degree. Thank goodness I don't get models. I don't think I could stand that. Uh, in some cases, I get some pictures of the news and so on. But I was struck by one particular uh, young athlete in Russia. And sometimes it's fun watching some of the videos that they post on Instagram, watching them play their sports, do their gymnastics. And um, obviously they're doing it to hopefully solicit sponsorship for their endeavors as young athletes. But this one young person with an account run by his mother, obviously close to his parents, I believe he belongs to, I think, like an air brigade, a young air brigade of the, um, of the, of the Russian nation uh, for, for kids his age. Obviously, he's not flying anything. He's not in the military. But his face popped up, and I thought, I know this particular young athlete is from Russia. Let's see what he's been posting the last couple of days. And just a couple of days ago, he posted, or his mother posted, a, a picture of two hands getting ready to shake each other, ready to, to shake hands. One is painted with the colors of the Ukrainian flag, and the other is painted with the colors of the Russian flag. And it's a gesture in which the Russian flag and the Ukrainian flag are about to shake hands. And the caption they put is, I pray for peace throughout the world. And they hope for a positive relationship between Russia and Ukraine. And if this is reflective of the population in Russia, then there is perhaps hope. We are hearing news that there are anti-war protesters in Russia, and the people may not necessarily be all on board with what's going on. But if this one Instagram post, and I don't follow this particular individual, it pops up among the recommendations when I hit the search function. It gave me a moment of hope of this account of a young Russian athlete, soccer player, run by his mother, posted an image desiring more of peace between the two nations than victory and aggression of his nation against another. That gives me hope, and I hope there is more of that feeling in Russia, and that this military activity will be short-lived and that somehow we will find a peaceful resolution to this. And so as we pray for the people of Ukraine, let's pray for the people inside Russia and pray that there are more of them that reflect a sentiment that is expressed in this particular Instagram account that I came across in the last couple of days. But above all, let us not lose our mind, lose our hope, lose a grip Let's remember, we are Catholic people. We are Christian people. We don't do that. We don't allow ourselves to be pulled in by wars and rumors of wars, by stories of insurrection, and by panic attacks over pandemics. 
Not sure we did that great of a job during the pandemic, but we have that opportunity for leadership now as we're coming off of the pandemic. Take off our masks, show some confidence, express an attitude of health rather than a fear of sickness. And especially during this time of instability in Eastern Europe, let us not be so demoralized as to lose hope. We will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but it is not the end of the world. This too will pass, and we pray that it will pass swiftly in a manner that can be of a satisfactory conclusion for all parties involved. And so thank you for listening. These are my thoughts amidst the many thoughts I'm sure we're hearing on um, social media. But this is my two cents, and I hope it's worth that and perhaps a little more. But I thank you for your time. I thank you for listening. And with any luck, I will talk to you again soon.